Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell here for a Leap Day special. Uh, That's right, we're covering the February 29th, Thursday, 12-game slate in the NHL. So DJ, how you doing? Uh, Are you ready for this fine daily fantasy slate up ahead of us? Uh, I'm ready for all of them. Um, Yeah, Uh, last uh, slate was about as mid as possible. I got my donkey status renewed for another year i played for all one in one of my builds so i can keep that um on my all of my business cards that i get to renew my donkey status for one more year i really didn't think they were going to be as high owned as they ended up being even impressive stuff yeah i mean uh i didn't fare any better than the montreal idiots but that was i mean the most avoidable just we prefer we prefer donkey yeah it's it's just, it's just like, I mean, I'm glad the field got punished, but it does suck to, uh, you know, come out on the, the, the bad end of, of a day like that, where like 20, you know, I'm literally 16% of the field straight up stacked Montreal one, like not even like, oh, you know, 20, 20, 15 and, you know, one offs. Like, no, it was like literally stacks where like 15% of the field had a stack of that. And they were not even a favorite against a, you know, horrific Arizona team without Clayton Keller. Like clearly, you know, they're at home. I get it. But Vegas is telling you something when they're not even closing as favorites. Like it was a straight up pick them at close. So yeah. like, yeah. No, um, and again, like I, I said it on the podcast, of course, I'm sure everyone re- listens and took notes. And I said, I was going to bet Montreal because I thought the plus money was too good to be true. And Vegas was like, not really. And <laughs> it's like, and I just like, nah, my, my priors are right. I'm going to go with it. Yeah. They're well, wrong. I know more than them. And I won the bet, but at what cost? Because I burned way more than I bet on that in that daily fantasy lineup. Um, And just because of how good New Jersey two was, it destroyed my good lineup that had, you know, ranting in, uh, not ranting in, uh, McKinnon, Lekkinen, JT Miller and Brock Besser just put that one into the absolute inferno. So yeah, I ended up, uh, I feel like I really paid for being a donkey uh, yesterday, but the bets were good. <laughs> yeah, I wound up on a uh, uh, Tampa Philly game stack, which um, yeah, that that did not that did not go well. Um, they 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 kind of came close. You know, uh, Tampa missed a couple of empty nets with the goalie pulled that like 
you know, you could see that game getting the four, four going to overtime. And then I'm, you know, sitting here like, okay. And then I lose to New Jersey stuff anyway. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was, you know, Vegas smashing New Jersey smashing. It was, it was pretty easy to see how I could have had a good night because, you know, it, it's not like Shea Theodore was off my radar, William Carlson, March or so, and then the New Jersey guys, but um, you know, I, I wanted to ride with Kucherov and it, and it failed me. So um, that's about it. Uh, yep. You know, there, there was, a couple teams and stuff that I saw were somewhat interesting and like the qualifier and whatnot, but I don't want to spend too much time on it because 12 games, um, just an incredibly lopsided schedule. So uh, we got a lot to cover here. So DJ, do you want to get us started with the uh, matchups? I do. I I was going to say that if you, if you would have asked me yesterday, if I was going to play something other than Montreal, what was it going to be in that build? And I was actually going to play Vegas. Like I was like, basically going to just Theo Marcheseau and William Carlston. And I just watched everything go the other way, but let's get into exactly that game. It's the first one on the docket. It's Vegas at Boston. Uh, just bet the draw. Now Boston only plays overtime games to minus one sixty two at home against Vegas. And I guess I kind of get it because Vegas is kind of banged up, but I, I just still think this is a good team. I believe it's the lowest total on the slate uh yeah it is it's a five and a half at you know basically a pick them game two montreal don't want to talk about it but they go to florida to take on the panthers minus 305 for the panthers it's a pick them on the oh that's a minus 120 on the six over so yeah huge it's still a pretty big florida total not the biggest but uh carolina at columbus columbus on a back-to-back going from they're going from new york to columbus right yeah going Uh, from new york to columbus yeah Yes, yeah, that's right. Weird schedule making, but the NHL is not good at it. Um, it's a minus two fifty for the Hurricanes on the road, and it's a six and a half as a minus one hundred five on the over. The Islanders go to Detroit. It's a six over under. It's basically a pick them minus one fifteen for the Red Wings, so pretty close. Arizona at Toronto. I think everyone's going to hear that and probably instantly think. That's an Arizona win because they seem to always beat Toronto in Toronto. I don't know why that is, but uh, I don't think it's going to fare for them well. And the sports books have not adjusted to that narrative at minus 250 uh, to the uh, Maple Leafs. And it's a six and a half minus 120. Next, we have the Buffalo Sabres at the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, referees not working in the Sabres way in Florida. And they, uh, you know, minus 162 favorite Tampa. It's basically a pick them again, the home team minus 115 in Nashville. Colorado at Chicago, not going to be a surprise. Colorado minus 290, six over under. Pittsburgh at Seattle, it is a six over under plus money on the six. So one of our lower totals. Again, another basic pick them almost with a minus 115 on the home Kraken. LA at Vancouver. Um, minus 142 Canucks. It's a six over under. And finally, the battle we've all been waiting for all season, although we get it all the time. Anaheim is at the San Jose Sharks. It is a minus 125 for the road ducks, plus 105 uh, on the Sharks, minus 115 on that six over under. So only a couple, two, three, uh, three, six and a half on the entire slate. Everything's basically a six. Uh, so yeah, let's, uh, Let's listen to you read stuff. Yeah, no, um, we're, we're technically on Eichel watch, but I don't anticipate him returning, uh, you know, but if he's healthy, 
in Boston, you know, <laughs> I'm sure he would love to play. So he skated with the team, but I'm not sure if we have news there yet. Uh, and we're keeping an eye out for Saturday, by the way, because they returned to Buffalo, um, which, you know, uh, Eichel is, is, is interesting there for. Otherwise, I think it's a pretty clean slate. Um, we're not expecting Keller to play. We're keeping an eye on Nachushkin. Kempe was, you know, a late addition to the injury report after our Monday night podcast for Tuesday, but he's going to be out for the foreseeable future. Um, but nothing else really of, you know, too much note to cover off the top. So uh, let's, before we go game by game, talk about the sponsor of this podcast. Yes, that is right. DraftKings sponsors this great show. Uh, so we know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. DJ just ran through all of those lines for you. So have at it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In your call, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help us build for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please follow responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility deposit. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Um, I believe on Monday we're getting some new sports betting states in, uh, North Carolina, one of them. So if you got any friends there and like, hey, you know, make an account, yeah, it'd be cool to uh, send them our way since obviously almost everyone listening to the show has a DraftKings account. Um, but, you know, that's one way you can support the show beyond, you know, just playing on DraftKings where you normally do. You know, they don't really know that we sent you, but you know, I got to imagine the vibes will uh, come back to us in some sort of karmic fashion. In any case, they so, will. Uh, yeah, that's they'll yeah, know exactly. when they start tailing my bets, and all of a sudden the sports books are limiting you because your boy's <laughs> on a heater. Okay, yeah. you know, let's get let's get right into it. Um, yeah, while you were talking about that, that I did take a look because uh, I was like, how? I know the Boston narrative is kind of hitting the hitting the waves. Five straight one goal. Oh, no, six straight one goal games um, for the Boston Bruins. And I don't think all of them went to overtime, but I think a large portion of them did. They, like I said, are home against Vegas. I was pretty certain that Eichel couldn't play until Saturday with the IR, um, but I could be wrong. So yeah, I guess keep an eye mm-hmm. on it. But I, I thought the tentative date was Saturday mentioned by one of the beat reporters, or maybe it was Cassidy or something. Um, but yeah, no, still a great narrative built game. Uh, should be fun. So I'm ready to get right into it if you are. Yeah, um, I don't have I don't have anything definitive on Eichel, so uh, yeah. I mean, we can start there. Sure. I mean, we'll start with Vegas. If they were just again assuming they're going to keep what they had last game. Uh, if you watched any of that game, it seemed like all of the announcers were like, "Man, this Shea Theodore guy hasn't skipped a step. He is right back to doing Shea Theodore things." And I was just smiling, watching him just do all the Shea Theodore th- things. Seven shot attempts per game over the four games since he's returned. Um, power play run 22 minutes, just the, the clear catalyst of offense on that team. Um, playing with McNabb and McNabb just kind of hangs back. You know, they were out there for a, a number of the goals for uh, 
He was on the first power play, of course. They didn't score on the power play, but he still was out there. Mark Gisot, uh Carlson, Amadio, Stephenson. So that's going to be your first unit. Yeah, I, I definitely have at least a small amount of interest here because I don't think it's going to be very popular. It's not all that expensive to play Mark Gisot, Carlson, and Theodore. Like 6,200 Theodore, um, 6,600 Mark Gisot, and 5,400 William Carlson. I don't really have a problem with that stack. Uh, I, you know, I just don't think Boston has actually been all that great defensively and they have been leakier in net than normal. But I think that even, you know, the goaltending actually hasn't been as bad as maybe that I'm making it sound like they're actually giving up a fair amount of chances against. Uh, So yeah, you you know, I could be in on this. Yeah. A team that loses to Seattle and it was pretty even, pretty fair. Uh, Other than that, you know, one call that probably, you know, Morgan geeky probably gets that goal. Uh, I, I'm fine with this Vegas stack. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the first thing that jumped out at me was that, you know, obviously they had a Vegas had a strong performance against the uh, Maple Leafs, but still over the last 10, their underlings look pretty gnarly as do the actual results. They're letting in goals. They are uh, allowing a lot of chances against. So Boston does profile as a pretty, pretty good matchup here. Um, so that's, you know, uh, worthwhile to consider on its face, you know, expected goal pace. This game is a half goal above every other game. So it's not like Vegas is in a poor spot here either. Um, so it's pretty attractive right off the bat. Uh, it looks like Cassidy today said he doesn't expect Eichel to play. I, I don't know if that means, you know, maybe may you're right in that he literally can't and, you know, it's health that he's just commenting on or, you know, whether there's actually a chance. So, uh, we could do some more reconnaissance there. Uh, in any case, it seems more than likely that they stick to Carlson Marcheseau sort of as their main guys, and I doubt that would change if Eichel returns. You know, that would just kick off Amadio from the top power play and would improve things. So I think in general, I'm pretty interested in chasing those points. Uh, Shea Theodore is 6,200 uh, since his return, has 8 points, 24 points, 13 points, 29 points. Um you know, he's been incredible all season long, of course, averaging over 13 fantasy points a game. Uh, just, I mean, let's just contextualize that. On the slate, we have Makar, 8,300, Roman Yossi, 7,900, Noah Dobson, 7K, Rasmus Dahlin, 7,500. Those are the only guys averaging more points a game than Shea Theodore. Like, this is just very much so a guy who can get it done. He's probably too cheap for the price tag, or too cheap for his production. And the matchup looks like a pretty attractive one. Um, so I, yeah. I, I think you could get away also with chasing some like, uh, I mean, did they move a Mario to center? Where the hell is he? Is he dead? Nope. 3,100. Oh, I, I have it sorted by fantasy points. I'm like, okay. Oh. Uh, that makes far more sense. Oh uh, yeah. 3,100 Michael Amadio played 18 minutes last game, 19, 17 games before that. seems like he's sort of picking in, picking up some of the Mark Stone role which, you know, he's not Mark Stone, but he's 3,100. So um, it's point dependent, but I would stack him with Shade Theodore, no problem. So that's the Vegas thoughts. I know you mentioned some stuff on Boston, but I will just uh, reiterate Pasternak with DeBrusque. DeBrusque really softens the, the price tag if that sticks. So um, I do like that a good good amount. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zaka, the center there. Um, DeBrusque did get, I mean, it, it kind of felt like Pasternak just, never came off the power play, which is probably just exactly what they did. So you, you know, you're not actually losing too much. If they just don't score early on the power play, one of the losers they have out there is going to come off for him to come on. 
I was just going to mention one more time, and I said it right, right, right at the beginning, but this is the lowest total on the entire slate from Vegas right now. And the game isn't really profile that way. So, again, I think you're going to get really low ownership on a game that profiles well. So if the goaltending is just bad, you're, you, know, you could be really sitting pretty, I think. Yeah, um, for sure. And we could get some overtime, as you noted, with uh, Boston. Um, let's see. I wanted to note that uh, they have been really, really flexible with that power play one. It's basically been Marchand, Pasternak, McAvoy, and then uh, a revolving door of guys. So if DeBrusque is, if DeBrusque is playing well, I, I don't think there's a huge barrier to him getting, you know, like a chunk of power play one time in any case. Um, they, they've been really rotating that hard for the last week or two. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's that's about all I have, though. So anything else before we move on to the next game? Nope. Next, we have Montreal at Florida. Um, the only note getting into this is that, you know, Verhage did miss the end of the game against Buffalo, and they didn't actually give much of an update. He took a puck to the face. So keep an eye on it. I mean, normally that doesn't keep guys out but you never know for sure so I, i'm expecting him to be back i'm expecting him to be business as usual but just at least double check that especially because this is going to be a very popular uh you know uh, game in general especially on the florida side of things and that of course you know keep an eye on warm-ups uh matt the truck came back and i said i had concerns and hesitations he played 22 minutes he had like 100 shot attempts um he scored on the power play but he honestly didn't even shoot that puck so he, he passed it into the net um, off a player, but he did have a, a ton of shots and a ton of volume and was just absolutely not hindered at all. Um, so definitely he's back to being great. Uh, Montour has been on a roll. I think as soon as he heard how much he had hurt me betting, he decided this guy's not going to give up. I'm going to be good now. And I did give up, uh, but he has a ton of primary points, right? You know, just points in general, power play points, just very, very, very involved over the last you know eight eight games or so um i could be convinced really on anything for florida i could also just be convinced to stay away from this game because i do think that they limit montreal to a you know a very low amount of volume and if that top line doesn't get it done in montreal i don't expect them to find secondary scoring again like they did against arizona and i could see this game being pretty lame uh, yeah, I mean, 5K Yuri 7K Cole Caulfield. The, the prices are just, I mean, this is, it's about right for a totally together power play one, you know, line one stack that's performing well. This is not a good matchup. They're on the road, just no interest. Um, on the Florida front, I mean, it's really the same thing as, as before the Buffalo game where they're clearly superior. Um, you're getting some value in Bennett and Cousins alongside Matthew Kachuk. Though, of course, the Verhigi reinhardt barkov stack for 21 point whatever, 21.8, is also very good, just you know, ungodly expensive and hard to fit stacks around. So I don't really have much interest in this game. We missed Brandon Montour night. He is now 5,600. Um, you know, he hit the points bonus. He hit the shots bonus against Buffalo. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm chasing points there. Like, I get it. Um, but there's a lot of the options. And uh, Montour's price tag, his underlyings don't really support him approaching, like, Shea Theodore-type status. So um, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let people chase that and correlate and do whatever else they want with uh, with the spot. So, um, 
Worth noting that Montreal's defensive numbers don't look nearly as bad as their goal suppression numbers are. Um, just, you know, and maybe that's a thing because they're, they're, they're not exactly employing the best goalies in the league, but it's not like this is a phenomenal expected goal spot for, for Florida um, at the very least. So, yeah, that's that's about it. Nothing really here that I'm interested in playing probably if i had to pick a line here it'd be florida too just continuing to play nick cousins until he puts up like 15 <laughs> uh which obviously it's unlikely he does but 2600 you know if he puts up nine like he did last sleep you're fine um and anything more than that you're very happy so uh that that's what i would do until they price nick cousins appropriately for playing alongside matthew kachuk for 13 minutes a night yeah, I think that's fair. I don't really have anything else to add. We can move over to Carolina, Columbus. Um, Columbus, I, I think, yeah, they are the only team on a back-to-back here. Uh, they're already not very good, and they're clearly in a very, very, very bad matchup. Um, not any real interest on my, on my end for Columbus. They're uh, a value option. The you know the Russian line is very cheap, and, and one that I'm considering every time they're out there in Vronkov. Marchenko and Chinikov, but this might be one that I'm just not going to actually get involved with. Uh, anything on Columbus before we talk about Carolina for a minute? Um, I mean, the pricing on Columbus is is awfully appealing. Like, it's clearly a very low percentage type play, but um, we're talking about Columbus 2 being fully correlated, playing a lot of power play time as well. 4,600 Marchenko, 4,500 Chinikov, and 4,200 Voronkov. You're talking less than 13K for a line that is, I mean, they, they have multiple smash games in their last, I don't know, 10, 20 games. Um, so, yeah, it's a tough matchup, but they are the home team. Um, that does not mean nothing. And you get really cheap D to pair with it in Provorov and Severson in matchups for them where, you know, the like Carolina obviously suppresses offense, but Provorov and Severson are, you know, definitely guys they can hit a blocks bonus. So um, you really only need a couple goals to get there. Like Carolina can win four to two and this could still be a reasonable stack. If Marchenko has five shots and, you know, Chinakov has a multi-point game and, you know, Brovrov, his an assist and the blocks bonus. Like it, you shouldn't just X out Columbus because of their team total. Um, I do think we've seen the Gaudreau price and you know Boone Jenner's been this high for a while. Those have risen to the point where I'm not that interested in chasing them on this slate in a bad matchup, but I do think Marchenko Chinakov are too cheap to the point where I think you do have to consider them despite the tough matchup. Uh Carolina is it, it, like they're just going to keep mm-hmm. hanging this Svechnikov price and we're just going to keep biting and they they just don't really feel like a team that's super serious about putting up seven goals um ever so i just you know i kind of want to feel like that's in my range of outcomes before i'm you know going all the way in um but you know i, I don't know i guess what do you think about that because new jersey was kind of in a similar situation where it was like, yeah, this is obviously a good spot. We were just like, well, they, you know, they're not doing it. And then they go out and absolutely nuke. So like, do you feel like this is similar or do you feel like they're just two very different teams, different players, et cetera, that we're talking about stacking? Uh, I mean, it's different, but I, I guess the thing about Carolina that I like is Michael Bunting, really. <laughs> 
And I honestly was thinking, like, like could you just play Sveshnikov? Like, like you're saying, are they going to score seven? Okay, yeah. I mean, most nights it's you know, very unlikely a team scored seven. But if they score four or five, I really think like Bunting, Sveshnikov, Nachos, Aho, could like you know, in in that in that storm, like that could be what you needed. Um, and and it really you don't have to play all of them. You could find the perfect scenario. I think when the cards turn over, I'm very, very, very likely going to have Michael Bunting in my lineup at 3,600. I don't understand the price. He had five power play shots, or was it four? Uh, four power play shots. One of them hit the post. He, he's just been very much used and involved in this offense and, and for a while now. Um, the results haven't followed to an amazing extent, but he's just very consistently getting close uh he had the one game against chicago that would definitely be a pretty much must have type of situation on a smaller slate with 22 and i find that to be right back in his range of outcomes again um so yeah michael bunting at 3600 i think is a flag plant for me and you could very easily convince me to play it with a lot of guys because a power play run i think it's very likely he gets it done through the power play a you know, especially golf is the guy that's going to, if not shoot on the power play, move the puck to a guy like him to shoot uh, Aho as well. So I could find it. Um, or you could just go with the five on five, the jury Nachos. I'm fine with really anything here. So I, yeah, I really, really like the Michael Bunting price quite a bit. And I think I've talked about him probably every slate and this matchup just even more. So, you know, I could talk myself into it. I could confirm these priors more than yeah. I, than, you know, they played Florida, for example. Um, you know, I, I like this. Yep. So, um, so I was just pruning, uh, I was just pruning. If you're on the YouTube, I was pruning the, uh, expected fantasy point per dollar because, you know, there are some guys like Dakota Joshua who are hurt, not playing. So I just wanted to get rid of those obvious guys. Uh, but once we do that, and I think all these guys are in, Michael Bunting is the sixth best value on the slate, just strictly based on his last 10 games and sort of the shots he's putting up, the expected the expected goals generation and like primary assist and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, it, it's obviously a very good spot for good good player and uh but yeah he's you know, the only that, one yeah, on the top that, power that makes a lot of sense in, in the yeah in this mix like for a while down the line I, i'm trying to find one i mean until you get to matt boldly who's really not that much of a value he just is because they don't price him at all correctly mm-hmm. but again the, the upside is much higher <laughs> i think i'm michael bunting than most of these values and you just i didn't think you just you could find it pretty easily here so you know what it could blow up in my face okay. and i think blow it, up um, in my face is like five points but, you know, I think it could also, yes. that 22 is very in the range of outcomes. Very, a very similar play to Tyler Bertuzzi in my, and so keep an eye on ownership between those guys because they do feel very, very similar in that their floor is literally like three, you know, like they could easily go out and get you three fantasy points, but um, they're in great matchups. They're in good spots to get you, you know, 20, 25 um, that you would also not be surprised. Okay, I like that. So let's move over to the Islanders and Detroit. Um, what do you got for me here? Uh, this, I mean, these kind of feel like the two teams I hate and love the most in, in many different ways. I, I, I really am interested in this game. I don't know. I, I the thing is, the Red Wings it feels very obviously unsustainable. The scoring they've had recently and just exemplified to the max by what the eight goals they had on Tuesday. Yep. Very spread out through the lineup. It's kind of feels like everyone's scoring and everyone like the coach is just saying, please one in four shots in the 
back of the net. And they're like, I guess we have to do that. Then the coach said, and they are, um, I don't find that to be something I, I want to bet on, <laughs> you know, scoring eight on a three expected fantasy or expected goals is just, you know, not going to happen very often. I kind of lean the other way here uh, towards the Islander side of things. And, and I, I think I'm, again, I'm going to fade Detroit. I just think that like the path to the peak outcome is, you know, it's been priced up now because of this scoring and, and uh, you know, Patrick Kane is probably correctly priced at 6,400. He, you know, he's no longer 6k. It's not that big of a difference, but it, it's starting to lean that way. Uh, you're kind of on your last leg here before I think it's really priced out of consideration. The Islanders also feel a little bit expensive, but I actually feel like there's more to them hitting that, that peak. Um, so I'm not, I don't know this game again. Like I want to just say, ah, maybe not. There's something about it though, with, with the concentration of minutes on the Islanders that keeps, keeps me coming back. Cause I don't think they're going to be very popular. Yeah, no, uh, that's, I, I think the case again, we've, we've touted the Islanders. I mean, maybe I'm just thinking of one time, but I'm pretty sure we've touted the Islanders before and the projections do actually really like the Islanders. So um, be mindful of that. The major players in the industry, like Sarcastic Roto Grinders, you know, see what they have. Um, as far as ownership and projections are concerned, but for the time being, I mean, yeah, Noah Dobson, uh, whenever like guys like Mayfield are out of the lineup, just seems to be an auto shots or blocks bonus. Um, he picks up a lot of defensive minutes and I honestly think even if Mayfield comes back, he's earned the right to keep those minutes anyway. Um, but you see, he's almost averaging the blocks bonus per game over his last 10, and yeah, he's 7,000, but like this is clearly a guy who can triple bonus, like a goal, two assists, five shots, three blocks is, I mean, just not even a surprise, I would say, given the season he's had. Um, and you know exactly who to stack him with, like, like you said. Uh, you you get the Barzell Horvat, you get the Nelson Palmieri, you know, those are three-man well, well, power play well, stacks that are not, super clean. Not not, what do you got? Not so fast because it was it's Nelson Horvat Barzal last game and they ran lines today in practice and they kept it even better because Cal Palmieri for even better. Yeah, okay. no, I yeah yeah yeah. Um, so, I mean, Palmieri was your call. still on the top power play, but yeah. Yep. So no nope, uh, good. Yeah, they good had 25, there, 25, and twenty two minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that did. I that's why I was if you saw me on YouTube, I was like, ah, let me double check. Yeah, they ran it in practice. Uh, I'm gonna retweet it right now, actually. So, so yeah. Okay. And so again, um, it's, it's expensive, but it's not undoable. Yeah, no, uh, that, that's just making me think about down the lineup who is even clearly in some matchup, the second center has to play more minutes, but it does not look like last game. There was anything for like JG Pajot. I mean, no. 17 minutes is fine, but it doesn't really move the needle for me on a 12 game slate. So um, yeah, no, just uh, an interesting one for, for sure. Um, I mean, is Detroit just going to keep scoring like this until the end of time? Because Patrick Kane has 14 points in his last 10, only 22 shot or shots. Um, but he does make the, you know, the expected fantasy point list. So, uh, this is partially because he has a really strong, uh, primary assist rate over that span, which, you know, he's Patrick Kane. That's not a huge surprise that he's, you know, not just feasting on secondary assist, that he's the actual playmaker here. Um, but 6,400 is a little bit, you know, kind of like, okay, really, like what, you know, what more does he need to do? Of course, sort of the Matt Boldy yeah. uh, mold, where like, 
Um, let's see. Nope. That's right. I think I tried to do this last show as well, where I tried to change it live, and because it's not the main slate, um, because it's the next day slate, I don't have it set up to filter based on actual fantasy points. But basically, Patrick Kane is smashing, and yeah, that's okay. not a surprise to anyone who's game log watching. So any interest in Patrick Kane here, because he's in a very similar place where you know he's playing with the good players, and they're even cheaper than the Islanders guys. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I was trying to say, like, I think he's getting too expensive, and then I'm kind of realizing he hadn't. So I'll just fully take back that he's not too expensive, but I'm also not mm-hmm. going to play him here. Uh, that power play, garbage. You know, it's uh, Fabry, Sprong, Cider, Kane, Debrinket. No Larkin. It kind of, I mean, again, like, I guess you get one off him. Uh, I just don't think I'm going to do it. I mean, Debrinket shooting again. Although, I mean, not a ton, but you know, a more. Um what did what do we have for Kane? Four five point two shot attempts per game over the last five. It, I don't know. I, I just find this entire experiment to be like I'm going to pay about the same price if I include Larkin more for Detroit when I would rather play the Islanders. I you know no. I, I think I'm just yeah. gonna. I'm just all in all. Detroit. All in all, I'm not playing into this game. Um, there's really nothing as far as pace or you know, even actual goals or anything that really stands out. And I don't trust either of these power plays to be like, oh yeah, like I got to sort of override the, you know, what we're seeing index wise and team totals wise, because like, oh yeah, these this power play could smash. Like, I just don't really see that being, uh, you know, very likely outcome here. So I'm generally out on this game. Um, but you know, if it fell into like, oh yeah, last guy in, I'm using cheap stacks, no adoption. Sure. Why not? Come on down. Um, you know, guys like that, I'm, always find sort of uh, finding room for a one-off uh arizona toronto um yeah what do we what do we have mm-hmm. here um is keller with the team uh, i believe he's yeah. with the team i don't know honestly i didn't really read okay. anything today about him okay um day to day take a look you could yeah i i yeah you look i'll talk about toronto for a second and you already hit the main note uh, it's just this Tyler Bertuzzi thing is aggravating because unfortunately uh, I don't, I don't know. We haven't missed the boat cause he's not that expensive, but I just, man, he's going to be pretty chalky here. And they're putting him out there with Domi and Nylander. They kind of got caved in against Vegas. That was the line. They took the biggest advantage of um, Nylander can play. I really don't think Tommy and Bertuzzi are all that great, but Bertuzzi on that top power play does make it move a little bit. I think I'm Matthews minor or nothing here. Uh, that's just the way I'm going to do it and avoid the, you know, talking myself into 8,400 Nylander on a line that I don't really like uh, just to fit in a player that I think is going to be way too high owned as people chase these points. And I get it. Like he's hit a shots bonus and a blocks bonus in his last two. He had a 40 freaking four with a hat trick against Colorado. I totally understand the play and it's definitely a good play at that price. I'm going to go the other way though. Like I'm really, really going to try to find a way to get Marner Matthews and I might not play anything else with it, but uh, you could play Bertuzzi with it. If you wanted to, to be different, you could do that. Yeah. Um, the main concern that I have is I'm expecting this to be very popular and the coyotes are just not playing in up-tempo. Like they're not allowing a ton of chances against, and like, yeah, at some point they have the same goalies. It's again, it, it's not like I'm sitting here saying their goalies don't matter. But if the field is like, yeah, dude, like they're, you know, this is going to smash, like 
you know, they, they played really well against Montreal. Like we said, they completely shut down Montreal one, you know, whatever, um, whatever that's worth. And the field knows that Toronto just put up like eight on Arizona on Friday. Like it just, it just sucks that we're sort of needing to go back to, uh, to, to this on a 12 game slate. Um, but you know, again, with Kucherov, with McKinnon on the slate and being just more attractive generally, uh, more attractive from a fantasy perspective, you know, and no offense, Mr. Austin Matthews. Um, I just, I don't really see myself playing in Toronto here. Um, maybe stubborn, maybe it's, you know, but uh, that's just sort of how I'm, how I'm reading this and how I'm sort of thinking through the Arizona situation. So um, and with that said, I would probably try to fill in an Arizona piece if I was playing Toronto um, because, you know, it, it there is a ton of value on the Toronto side or on the Arizona side of things. Uh, still, we saw Michelli hit four shots on goal last game, played 21 minutes, uh, pretty much exactly what we were hoping for. Um, so, you know, 3,800, 11 fantasy points isn't going to make a break, but if he's playing like this, he will have the opportunity to put up a whole lot more than just 11 fantasy points. And if he does, that's how you put the, you know, the Matthews, the, the Marner stuff into overdrive. Um, as far as really blowing the roof off the slate and putting up 40 bombs, 50 bombs that are, they're not win conditions. You know, you don't need that to win, but if it happens, they are a win condition, uh, especially with ownership. So uh, that is how I would do it. That is what I would recommend you at least consider um, because yeah, it does seem like the opportunity really centralized around Michelli stick in particular with, you know, nobody else really seeing a, dramatic increase in their role on uh tuesday yeah i two two notes to that uh number one it was Vincelli who took over the top power play role he had three of those shots on that on that top power play super valuable the other guy shooting on that power play had 13 shot attempts only four on goal as one at the post and that was dylan gunther so you know the, the role got slightly bigger for gunther as well not to the same magnitude but 17 minutes for mm-hmm. him and like i said he had 13 shot attempts it's a little more expensive, but I mean, I think he is just projectively going to be a better player in the long run. So I do think that's starting to come together and I could be convinced on either of them. Um, neither. I don't think will be all that popular. And I do think, you know, Michelli at 3,800 is an absolute, you know, that's a steal. And I definitely agree. Like you think like Toronto is going to break the slate with all those other guys. They probably need to get pushed. And there's some really, really easy, obvious two players right there. They weren't correlated at five on five, just the power play, but it makes a ton of sense. That's where the offense and the explosion could come from. Yep. Um, all right. So, uh, and then of course, uh, I did not find anything concrete on Clayton Keller. So he could play. And then uh, honestly, I would have less interest because Clayton Keller is really expensive yeah. and that a vacuum would just sort of be sealed up and there's really nothing to gain. So, Let's head over to Buffalo and Tampa. Uh, Kucherov coming off of a, I mean, he played 23 minutes in this one, but I'm pretty sure he just sat out the the final three to four minutes. Like they they, they were down uh, after they let up the empty net, but he played like, I mean, the entire third period it felt like. Um, So yeah, that, that was pretty interesting and, you know, fun to watch as someone who's sweating Kucherov. You always like to have your guys being on the ice um, rather than, you know, watching their idiot teammates skate around. So I uh, just found that sort of interesting. They're rolling 11 and seven. So he's getting a lot of interesting, you know, de- deployment combinations. Um, 
So Kucherov is clearly a standout play. Uh, DJ, can we say that the Buffalo Sabres are not a train wreck defensively without it immediately becoming a train wreck defensively? Because it feels like every time we say that, they're just like, yeah, you know, like it. they're, they're just going to, you know, once every four games, they just absolutely melt down, it feels like. I, I mean, yeah, they played Florida. That That is tough. Uh, they, they were competitive enough in that game with Florida and honestly had chances to take that game that I think it it's tough for anyone, you know, to be, yeah. to be honest, no. any team could struggle I mean, they, there. So I, I will give them an out. They still, okay. so, so what's, I mean, what's interesting is they were competitive and they still gave up a 28 bomb to Kachuk and a... Yep. I guess only 13 for Sam Bennett. So I guess the, but I saw them at the top of the leaderboard. It's just based on right. how Tuesday's slate played out. Well, they, I mean, they were in the penalty box all game too. I mean, they literally got a four minute major because Cousins just exploded and then was fine. And then Granado got so mad about a call, they took an additional, you know, we're five on four. And I mean, they, they spent a lot of time in the box. Yeah. I, I'm willing to write that one off a little bit and not entirely. I still think Kushroff's an amazing play. Like, it doesn't really matter because I don't think people are going to be yeah. going to him here. Um, and I already made, I laid out the case last show about exactly why I like Tampa one. I think you listened and I didn't listen to myself and um, Tampa one should have got there. I mean, they were far superior in that game and they lose six to two and that top line played, a, you know, a metric ton of time, you know, just once in a while, Philly is going to Philly and that happens. Uh, I think that this Buffalo team is no better than Philly defensively, probably worse. So yeah, I definitely understand why you play it. Um, and I think you could honestly just one-off on the back end at Tage Thompson at this point. Um, 10.2 shot attempts per game over the last five. I think I'm just going to say I'm in. Um, he's kind of starting to score a little bit once in a while uh, when he feels like it. But three straight games with the shot bonus. And what, four yeah. of the last... There you go the shots are there like how does tampa put kucherov on the ice for 25 minutes tage thompson's you know could be a very easy catalyst to success and the sabers aren't very good and i mean god man tage thompson this year it's disappointing and i do think it's coming together though like i'm saying all of a sudden these shot numbers are back which means that he's probably playing a little bit better than he was when the shot numbers weren't there so you know what i say why not um you know, consider it. I'm, I am also considering that, you know, Buffalo Skinner, you know, the Skinner Tage talk, Darlene, it, it's not undoable to play. I mean, how much it's gotta be like the same price as playing Islanders one. Yeah. It's cheaper. Uh, I sure. think. Yeah, uh, uh, it's gotta be cheaper. Yeah. That yeah. would be cheaper. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty close. So to cheaper, DJ yeah. putting on DJ putting on his Homer pants and he's going to eep on into this one. Um, I wish you good luck there, sir. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky allowed four goals last game on 1.1 expected goals against. I mean, that is just an absolutely Dude. pathetic performance. You could argue that the, the lights were not functioning. So, you know, maybe that's a little a little strange one there for Vasi. But um, yeah, no. So, like, Tampa's not really allowing much. Um yeah, I I don't think Vassy will be this cold forever. Maybe it continues, but clearly I'm not betting on the Sabers to uh, you know, score a boatload here. So, um, yeah, like Tage and Darlene are fine. Skinner and Tucker just 
I mean, they're they're done. Like, <laughs> um, they should not be on the top power play. Like, I'm I'm pretty sick of it myself. So, whatever. Uh, we move on. Um, value wise, I don't see much of anything. Um, Hagel shows up because he's unbelievable. Uh, but he's fifty five hundred, so he's not like a cheapy value. And obviously, with all of the minutes going to guys like Kucherov, um, Nick Paul without top power play billing. Uh, has goals in three of his last four games, kind of randomly, but that's like, yeah, it's a little too thin for me, I think, on this type of a slate. So I'd rather just go elsewhere for for my value pieces. Um, and yeah, Peyton Krebs is just he's not he's not going to get there, even with his power play two time, believe it or not, because he's just not playing enough. So that's fine. Uh, so no interest here on anything, and we will keep moving forward. To Winnipeg, Winnipeg and, and Dallas. Dallas, the Logan Stankoven yeah. show. How's yep. it treating I mean, you, DJ? Uh, you know, I bet him. Um, I think I bet him for a goal. Yeah, I bet him for a goal against the Islanders. So he's he's given me something in my life. But three points in three games, two goals, and an assist. Scored with like what eighteen seconds in? It felt like against Colorado. I don't remember what it was. He scored really early in that one, and then they ended up getting pumped. Um, I don't know. I mean, this, this is a weird game because it feels like two mid-tier stacks I continuously find myself around. Uh, eh, Winnipeg one is not quite as mid-tier as maybe I, I'd like them to be, but two stacks I, I definitely love. And I love Morrissey. I love Heiskin. I love Harley. I kind of love everything here. I don't know if I really have a strong feeling on either side of things. I I might be convinced to go back to Dallas. And I think that my mental psyche can't handle going back to Dallas one more time and getting just shellacked. And this feels like the the actual game that it feels like that'll happen in. Um, so maybe because they should have gotten there before and haven't, that this is the one they finally get there. And then I, I cry anyway. So I think Dallas is a good play. I don't know if I'm going to actually play it. Yeah. Um, look, I've been very wrong about a lot of things, but looking at Jamie Ben's like, you know, not necessarily his performance, but him and Wyatt Johnston's performance as a duo um, and sort of seeing like, oh yeah, there's a ton of expected goals while he's out there. Wyatt Johnston is a certified assassin. Um, Dude, it's, you know, I, this is exactly but, what I looked at. Here. It was exactly what I pulled up when I went over one time. It was like a 12 game Saturday slate. And I'm like, isn't it weird that Wyatt Johnston has just taken Rube Hintz and, and, and Jason Robertson to the next level? Same thing you're pulling up again, looking at these courses. And it's just like, is this why Johnson guy, Johnston, just in un, is he just unbelievable? Like, is he just, Um, it it just is that like, that's the common denominator. Yeah. So, I mean, it's unreal. And what we're getting is we're getting Johnston with Ben. Uh, They could blow up the lines. So uh, they're on, they they were on a back to back. So we don't know uh, what exactly uh, they're going to roll out on Thursday. But we did get what I'm trying to confirm. Uh, yeah, we got Johnston, Ben, Stankoven as like the yep. you know uh, the second line, third line, whatever you want to call it. Without Sagan, you know, it's not like Duchesne's gonna play 20 minutes. So uh, I feel really confident that uh, Johnston is an elevator. He's 4800, so like that's you know whatever. And then Ben and Stank, Stankoven are a combined 7K. Like, I mean, you're getting a really cheap stack in what is 
uh, looking like a surprisingly decent matchup. You know, uh, Winnipeg a little weak on the expected goals against over the last 10. Um, they're giving up shot attempts more than average. Yeah, they're not giving up a ton of goals, but, you know, Hellebuck can break in one game. Like, it's not a huge deal to me. Um, and they're cheap enough to where, okay, they only got me one goal. Yeah, I might actually be able to survive that because, you know, Jamie Benn kills penalties. He can stand there and be dumb and get a blocks bonus and, you know, have a point on the goal. Um, Johnson can have five shots and a point and, you know, Stankovin can score the goal. And there you go. You're getting value for that stack. So um, while I like the top line, I get it. Robertson, Pavelski, hints. Um, I do think I would sort of try to use like the super value from Johnson's line to unlock a more, you know, either a top tier stack elsewhere or two top tier defensemen like Shea Theodore, Noah Dobson or something like that. Um, that sort of gives me a, you know, a very unique build that I think has a clear path to first place regardless. So um, yeah, I don't yeah, have any interest in the Winnipeg side on the road, just not really interested, but um, yeah, that, that's, that's my thoughts on this game. Yep. Yeah, I think that's the correct read. It's just wherever Wyatt Johnston goes, I go at this point. Um, <laughs> if he gets back with Robertson hints, I, I go back to it. Uh, until then I, you know, this helps you get Colorado. This helps you get Toronto, uh, do what you got to do. So I'm good with fading Winnipeg. We can move over to Minnesota, Nashville. Um, again, this is a game that had a six over under, and it was basically a pick em, which I don't know. It's not really that surprising, but these are two teams kind of fighting for that last wild card spot and Nashville starting to run away with it as they rattle off wins. Um, this Nashville team went out and, I don't know if anyone's ever had a more dominant third period when already up in a game than Nashville did against Ottawa, where they, I think, had like 20. They outshot them 19, 19 to nothing. 19, and it was like 19 nothing, 37 okay. to 2 in shot attempts. Just absurd. Yeah. If you go to Hockey Viz and look at the shot pressure chart, it's quite hilarious. Oh, it, that is. Oh, yeah. That is. Are you, are you, pull it up. Pull it up. I mean, we're, we're on the YouTube. That is it's, very funny. I it's didn't right there. That. You already passed. It is the first thing. Oh yeah. Why? Why is it black? I was looking for the red. Uh, yeah. Oh okay. I mean, and nothing. Just, nothing to be found. There yeah, there is. There is two small humps, and then Nashville is just. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't even know what you call that. That it's a beautiful artwork. Um, yeah. No, I mean, this. I think this Nashville team is really not that bad. And I went over, I, I, I played Nashville. I played, I ended up doing the Evangelista McDonough thing and not played Roman Yossi on Roman Yossi night, but I did bet him. So I, I mentally hedged. Um, the top line was great. Every line was good. I mean, they just they dominated. And um, I once again think you could go back and play Nashville. And, and basically everything we said last time holds exactly true. You know, Novak on that top power play still. That was what we said. I mean, there's really nothing that's going to change here. So, uh, McDonough played a ton of time, killed penalties, had, I think, he had what? Oh, he had the assist. I was going to say, he kind of almost got there. Yeah, he had the assist, one shot, one block. I mean, what are your thoughts on Nashville? I, I, like I said, I feel like I could be talked into a lot. Yeah, I I don't have any interest in attacking this Minnesota team. Um, like... Yeah, they've given up some goals, but they're systematically one of the better teams in the league just for the last several years. And we're talking about in the exact same game, I mean, very similar prices. Kaprizov, Eric Sinek, I mean, Boldy is far superior 23rd option you'll get for from Nashville. And he's not that much more expensive than Gus Nyquist. Um, so, like, I just prefer playing Eric Sinek, Kaprizov, Boldy, but... 
I understand like the allure of uh, Forsberg Yossi coming off the game Yossi just had, and you know this Minnesota team, blah blah blah, historically funnel shots through Demon. It makes sense. Um, I, I just yep. think you know dollar for dollar, I much prefer Minnesota here. So um, yeah, that, that's that's what I'll do personally. But I, I I can't really find any faults by you know chasing these Yossi points or you know playing Gus Nyquist to score his 97th consecutive empty net goal. Like you know it's 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 totally, totally fine by me. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think, I think yeah, that's good. So, I mean, again, Minnesota, you already basically said it, but it's, I think it's all or nothing. I mean, that top line plays so many minutes. I mean, it's expensive. Yeah. Sure. Uh, boldly is a, still a great value, but I think as far as the upper echelon of tier, you know, stacks on this slate, they are just as good as playing Colorado one, uh, they're just as good as playing uh, Toronto and they're going to come in at much lower ownership. So I absolutely love them as well. I love this game. I really do like this game. Like I, I could see either, either side of it myself. I almost think I like the Minnesota side. Like if you played like that Dallas, you just talked about in Minnesota, I think you have, you know, as they call it a, a total shipper. Um, I'll yeah, leave them. No, the, uh, the North, I'll go. the North star stack. Oh, there you're guiding light. There you go. There's your guiding light to move. You there you go. Yeah. Um, right. You were showing, yeah, you're showing Brock. Colorado Chicago. Tell me more. No, he's terrible. Just don't play him. Just, it's very fun okay, to see him Perfect. not get any points and not do anything because he doesn't do anything for fantasy. Uh, Colorado, Chicago, Chicago, Colorado, Chicago. You got go it. On, go on, okay. Nathan McKinnon. Uh, he's playing with Arturi mm-hmm. Lekkinen, who is still 5,100 for some reason. Just know that it's going to be obscenely popular. If McKinnon puts up 40, you can still beat him by having two mid-tier stacks that score 25 to 30. Um, McKinnon gets there pretty much on his own without bringing anyone by default, so stacking him is sometimes useful, sometimes it doesn't matter. I don't know. Like... I'm not really sure how you get to uh, a strong decision one way or the other on Nathan McKinnon. I will say Rantanen and McCarr feel too expensive for the other options available to us on this slate. Um, like they're, they're both great plays, but there's so many great plays at likely similar or less ownership um, to where I don't feel overly compelled to chase Colorado on the road into Chicago where it's like, yeah, you know, like fine, but not perfect by any means all right yeah there there's one way i play this game if i get to it and that is mckinnon luckinen and bedard jonathan Druin. no okay 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 luckinen was on the top line top power play i mean so is Druin on the top power play you know he still was living there um but yeah i think i would just do like i said bedard mckinnon and Lekkonen, and then move on to other things and eat both my center spots. I mean, Connor Bedard truly is an alien, and um, I don't have any problem with this matchup at all for him. I, you know, I think for McKinnon to have that 50-burger, 40-burger you need here with all the guys going and and a lot of really good spots, you kind of need Bedard also, I think, to get there and just something to keep it going. And again, yep, show the guys that are playing with them. You know, you could probably punch off one of them if they get – to assist, you know, or are they a goal in an assist? There you go. I mean, yeah, got a and it's good lineup. It's I super sad, but it's super sad to look at 
you know, Pavilius game logs. Like he's come back from injury, you know, played decent minutes, zero shots, zero shots, one shot, one shot. Like there's nothing there other than he's playing with a literal alien in Connor Bedard. Um, so, you know, I'm not sure if that means you can one off or whatever, but um, yeah, I, I will say uh, one yeah. guy who doesn't make this list, I guess. So I'll need to maybe update, uh, you know, ch- check on some things, but Colin Blackwell should play an absolute boatload here. Uh, he's on the Dickinson line and Dickinson should be thrown at McKinnon. Um, and Colin Blackwell has, yep. you know, he's been shooting the puck a little bit. Obviously he's not very good. So like the assist numbers, you know, it's not like there's a ton there, but I w- it would not shock me if he put up, you know, 15, like a goal and three shots. Like that's, I mean- Totally in the range of outcomes. He's 3K. He's about as safe as minutes come at this price. So I can't, yeah. I really couldn't imagine a scenario where I actually click on Seth Jones. Um, but he has 8.6 shot attempts over his last five blocks, bonus shots, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. 6K is a ton. I don't really get it. But there's also a bit of a narrative, you know, he grew up loving the Avalanche. I mean, if you just want to play someone that no one is going to play that's actually been doing really well, um, Sure. Yeah, I mean, you could probably find someone else. I'm sure the money could be better spent, but I did want to at least say it. He's been shooting so much. Yep. Um, make makes sense to me. Uh, Pittsburgh and Seattle. Uh, Pittsburgh with their newfound line of Cindy Crosby, uh, R- Ricard Raquel, and Riley Smith had some decent results against Vancouver. I, I um. I think this is the only place I would really be willing to go in this game. Uh, I'm pretty worried about what seems to be a Andre Burakovsky injury. He left late in last game. I believe he limped off in overtime. Um, he missed practice today. They called it maintenance, but they also said that uh, they said basically it was maintenance, but then also dropped a quote that made me a bit more concerned that he could miss this game. And in any case, I, I don't really want too much exposure to Seattle, especially if Burakovsky's already banged up. We've seen this story a million times, and uh, it usually does not end well. So uh, what, do you th- what are your thoughts on this one? Anyone interest you, particularly for their values in this game? I mean, Raquel and, and Riley Smith, you already said, they're playing with Crosby. Um, uh, Smith was not on the top power play, which I found a little bit odd because he had been there, and then all these injuries, he just still isn't back. Um, Raquel was great. I mean, that was the main guy that, that found his offense over the last couple of games, four points in his last two games. I definitely understand playing a little bit of it. Um, there's a lot of punts on this slate. A lot of guys I think are also in good spots that are cheaper or around the same price. So you don't have to, I, I kind of think this game, I might just X out and, and not go down this rabbit hole in a game that I just already don't like Eric Carlson as well, playing a ton of it. Like I, I could see how you get to Pittsburgh and there's also punts, in this game that feel enticing, but there's, like I said, there's punts all over the board. So I think I'm just going to cross this game out entirely. There's really nothing on Seattle. I'm all that interested in, and they took the power plays and put them in a blender for the 90th time this season. I just frankly think that they don't have enough guys that are good, high quality finishing NHL players. Um, McCann's been figured out and Bjorkstrand is the only real one. And I just, they, they put him with the Schultz unit. I think I'm just out. Yeah, uh, Train scored his first goal in a month, which I could not believe. They said it, and I'm like, "Huh, yeah, that's strange." Um, so you know, it's not like you're not like you're fading the hottest of fans uh, in in the league by yeah. fading uh, Seattle. Uh, 
Kusinen is out, weird yeah, because he oh, he shows up here and like you mentioned, Riley Smith not on the top power play. Pusinen was. Um, he played 17 minutes as well in last game, and with all the injuries, it's it's hard to say that like okay, there's all these underlying rates that are solid over the last 10, and in the last one game, he played 17 minutes versus a normal 10 to 12 minute role where he was occurring the vast majority of these underlying points. So like. Point per dollar wise, you could totally see that exploding into a very viable uh, one-off. Uh, certainly, a better one-off than like Colin Blackwell, as as um you know, as someone who just likes to tout everyone and then complain when they hit. When Colin Blackwell scores a hat trick and Pusinen scores three points, I'll be very sad. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really do think though, at the end of the day, like my only interest ends up back on Seattle, just because there's only one player in this game above six K, and that's Sidney Crosby. You could figure something out, but again, is there anything that again, like let's just put yourself in the in the situation of you're playing the ten o'clock slate and you've decided I'm I'm playing Seattle, I'm playing one line. Is there one line that you'd go with over the others? Uh, or would you literally not play Seattle on a three game slate? Like is it that? Because if it's that level, then let's just forget about this exercise. Like I suppose it would be Schwartz, Weinberg, Bjorkstrand, Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't feel great about it. Uh, Just okay. Um, yeah, okay. So, LA Vancouver. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it felt like they had this one in the back against Pittsburgh, and Vancouver blew it. Uh, LA without Adrian Kempe changed up a lot of stuff. So, this one's somewhat interesting. I mean, what side do you want to start with? God, um, yeah, I mean, let's start with Vancouver. This is all Pedersen's fault because someone in the media. <laughs> has decided to help Vancouver by putting out a total false flag narrative that he wants out all of a sudden. Um, but it's all his fault. Yeah. I mean, the, no, really the problem with Vancouver is that they were never this good to begin with. And their coach is completely coaching himself into a blender now to make this team worse. I don't know how I could get on them um, other than playing what I did last late, which I, again, I mean, it worked kind of, but the Miller Besser suitor thing, all power play, and, and heronic, all power play correlated is what I went with. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you could find a, a way to do it. I don't know if I'm all that interested against LA here. I mean, yeah, they weren't fantastic, fantastic against the Flames, but I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's the one thing here on Vancouver, and I'm really not even that interested in it. Yeah, um, it's awfully concerning that basically no one here besides JT Miller makes uh, you know the top underlyings list. Obviously, Kempe's injured, so he'll be removed once that's accounted for. Um, and we didn't really get a ton of good options, <laughs> uh, based on last game. Now they also didn't do much good last game. So, you know, that remains to be seen, but like Arthur Callio played nine minutes. Um, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois did play 18. So there's theoretically some value there, but he started on the top line and got replaced by, uh, Alex Turcott. Like, you know, when you're getting replaced by Alex Turcott mid game, I'm not that confident in your role going forward. So uh, with Adrian Kempe being injured, this team is worse. I'm not sure that they're that much worse defensively. I'm not sure though, that there's really a, an obvious like beneficiary to those minutes that are being spread out now. So I'm finding it hard to do anything, but maybe see if Turcott sticks on the top line at 2,500 because he's a prospect, you know, whatever. If he's relevant, I'll cover him in the Discord in more detail, but so far he's not been relevant. So um, I don't want to waste the time there. 
And then otherwise, you know, Garland, Suter, both on that top power play, like you said. I think those are the two spots I would go in this game um, because I don't really want to spend up on JT Miller and Brock Besser because uh, I do respect yeah. LA defensively um, a good bit more than, you know, maybe the field does. So, yeah, no, it, it, it really felt like this was PLD's big chance, top line, top power play. He held the top power play spot, but lost that top line pretty quick. I mean, the minutes were good yeah. enough at his price, but man, the, the guy just yeah. might suck. I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't gone to the ball that often. Um, I went to it last night and yeah, he just looks very uninspired. So uninspiring or at least, or maybe both. So yeah, I think that's good. I don't have a lot of love in this game, uh, but I do. I have some love for Anaheim in the last one. Yeah, let's uh, let's get to Anaheim. So, um, yeah, actually, do we know on Troy Terry? Because that's pretty big news. Hold on, let me look if see if our boy uh, Derek. Derek yeah, Lee. I was gonna check. I think he, I think he said he could was still day to day today. But... He is in a non-contact jersey, so that seems right, unlikely. Right. Um, which okay. means then, then that yeah. based based on last game, uh, Brett Leeson will play alongside. Um, Petrano and McTavish. Um, that also would mean that the power play has Sam Carrick on it. Um, you know, the second power play, I should say, because that old man power play is still kicking it. Fowler, Henrique, Strom, Filterberg, Petrano. Um, yeah. I, like, mm-hmm. I gotta say, I'm, I'm a little worried about ownership coming in on an Anaheim team because San Jose just gave up a billion goals and, you know, whatever else. I get it, but man, um, it's tough to stomach like a McTavish, uh, Vetrano, Leeson stack at 10% owned on each guy. And you're just like, oh, what am I doing? Uh, so what are your thoughts here? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's actually the perfect way to summarize it. it. It's like you put this together and you're like, the Sharks suck. This is great. And then you realize you've just spent <laughs> a, a, a fair enough bit of cap on <laughs> just... Yeah, there's so many good plays on this slate, and I and I, I just started this by saying I have interest in Anaheim, and I I do I I really yeah. think, you know, because they're they're trying to win. I mean, they're putting every game. I mean, they are putting out their top guys as much as possible. Part of that problem is that some of these top guys are Adam Henrique and Kalorn, and yeah, I don't have a ton of interest there. But like, who is the explosive upside? Like, like this example, like over the last five, who has the most shot attempts per game on this team, and what do you think that number is? Vetrano 5.2. Vetrano has 4.8 and McTavish has 5.2. So it's like, okay. man, like I know it's a good matchup. But like, so how do you go anywhere else then? Right. So better matchup. Let's just say this magnifies it by whatever. Those two guys are all correlated. But again, that's where the ownership's coming for sure. Unequivocally. Like, man, yeah. it, it's um, tough. I, I want to play something here. So Brett Leeson is, you know, a pretty unknown guy but he started off in washington and looked decent in washington in his brief stay and uh, so far this year in anaheim he is among their best guys and i course for 60 at five on five you know he's sort of in the silverberg mold with i think a better five on five role than silverberg um so i could get behind one-offing either of silverberg or uh uh leeson I'm not sure if I really want to stack into either because, you know, maybe Silverberg and Fowler for that power play time. Like you're just saying, yeah, Cam Fowler absolutely sucks per minute, but he's going to get a ton of minutes and we just hope that they get a couple points. Um, yeah, that, that's about all I can say. Um, I do like Brett Leeson as a one-off, but 
just be mindful of ownership because guess what? Like you getting 15 points from a 11% on Brett Leeson really doesn't mean much if it means that McTavish and uh, Vetrano are, you know, both getting there as well and you don't have them. So I'm just not sure that it makes a ton of sense, but maybe in the right lineups, you know, McKinnon, Kucherov, or, you know, Matthews, something or other, like, you know, it could work out. So any interest in San Jose, I'm completely out. Oh, 100% out. No, no interest at all. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's a big enough slate that I think you could convince me that, that Anaheim won't be that owned, but I'm really going <laughs> to, I'm going to have to keep all my right. ears to the grindstone tomorrow and listen to some stuff because I do right. worry. Well, top stacks, guarantee goals. Yes. Um, I should say San Jose is back to the five forward top power play. So 20% owned <laughs> uh, Henry Thrun will not happen again. So, you know, uh, sorry in advance to the people okay. who played run and we're just absolutely awful on tuesday so top stacks guarantee goals let's do it i th- i, I want to say we were two for two two and two did boldly score last late no no we may have been one for four one for three then or one one out of four right because bulls didn't score Ryan didn't score. yeah just forrester boy i really like those i thought those were i thought we nailed it um okay top stacks though uh top stacks wow I feel like I spent a lot of the time talking about how I didn't want to play stacks. Um, do you have one you want to start with, or do you want me to just? Yeah, give me, off? give me Vegas. I will not be deterred. Carlson marches so Shea Theodore. You can run it back with David Pasternak, which I think will be sort of unowned relative to McKinnon and everyone else on this slate. And you know, again, it's gonna go against the team totals, but I think there's a lot to like from both a talent standpoint, from a power play standpoint. And from just general, uh, you know, expected goals index over the last ten games standpoint. So uh, it's the moods trifecta, if you will. All right, I think I think I have my my bowl. I'm just let me just take one quick second here to just throw in a random bully and make sure it's not, yeah. Oh, this is totally fine. Um, Minnesota won boldly. Erickson Eck Capri's off, uh, and then do you want me to say the other one? Just rattle sure. them both. Go ahead. Nate Chaus bunting jury. Okay. Um nice i will go with dallas um you know so i'm gonna go johnston uh stankoven and thomas harley so you know screw you jamie ben just get lost you suck um but yeah keep an eye on that because (laughs) keep an eye on that because you know losing five to one to colorado things could change so uh yeah guarantee goals um do you have do you have any right now i'm just actually looking down below here let me pull this up so i'm not looking like an idiot we're all of our well, ends of viewers. yeah i'm gonna go brandon hagel 5500 5500 against the sabers um playing with kucherov dude is on an absolute tear getting a ton of points i think today's today he has a goal and an assist and he hits a bonus for us so um he, he torches the sabers all right i'll i'll go highish lowish um what is Brock Nelson? 63. That's not that high. I'll go, I'll go Brock Nelson. Um, so you have Hagel Nelson. I think that's a revenge narrative, right? No, Brock Nelson, wasn't he in Detroit at one point? Is that right? I believe so. Where the heck was he before the Islanders? I don't think he's he, always I don't been think there. he was anywhere. I think so. Um I'm gonna look right. this up while I'm should be looking up other things. Do you have your other okay. guy? Uh Arturi Lekkinen, 5100, guaranteed goal. That is wow. <laughs> that is the correct answer. Yeah. Thank Folks, you. 
you found the right answer. Um, I leave myself with what 47, I think is, is the answer uh, to the riddle of how much I have left. Um, Give me, give me Jake DeBrusque. I do like that. Um, give me okay. Jake DeBrusque. And Brock Nelson played only for the Islanders. So, yeah. Okay. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. Beats me. Don't let it. It'll be okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, that'll do it. Thank you all for listening. DJ, any final words before we head into our Thursdays? Uh, no, just follow Twitter things and like and comment and subscribe and um, do whatever else you want to do. And then we'll uh, post bets and we'll win money and we'll have fun. I can't wait. Alrighty, uh, thank you all for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Fake Moods. DJ's at the Jonas Mitchell ninety four. The podcast is at Morning Skate Pod. If you're not in the Discord yet, do get in there. You can DM one of us. Um, it's free. You know, it's a great community. Uh, we've got an underdog channel. We've got a main channel. We've got a betting channel. We've got other sports. If you want to get one of those starting, uh, more active. You know, if you're a CS:GO guy or I guess it's CS2 now and want to talk about gambling on Counter Strike, I'm all in, baby. Um, so yeah, there's lots of lots to do there, and also we're on youtube uh dj mitchell uh, his youtube channel uh, is where this show goes live as well as on tiktok at dfs moods where i try to post a clip from every show uh so we'd appreciate you subscribing following on every platform just you know show us some support and also get some good hockey content in your various feeds so full that said thank you all for listening from doug from dj from myself have a good slate everybody and we will see you